Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. I'm Pete Wright, and I can't talk now, Andy. I'm speed ramping. (laughs) Today we are talking about Minute 99, which begins with Steve seeing the Valkyrie preparing for takeoff and ends with Peggy telling Steve to wait. Back on the show, it is Nate, Bubba Wheat Withrow. Hello, Nate. Where he's going, he won't need roads. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth. That was good. That was good. Uh, okay, so this is the moment where Steve sees the Valkyrie taking off and starts charging after it across this battlefield that suddenly appears right in front of him with massive numbers of Hydra troopers and allied soldiers all fighting. Uh, and Steve runs through the the action, taking out uh, various Hydra troopers as he goes. And then, as Pete alluded to, when he leaps over the equipment, Everything goes into a speed ramp as he swings across the chain. Uh, this is the second time in the film that Joe Johnston has uh, has moved into his speed ramp, which feels like such a modern tech thing to include in a period or a film that's kind of meant to feel a little period. How does that play for the two of you? Uh, guess first, please. <laughs> I, I have thoughts. I um, Well, I feel like this minute overall really felt like the the most it felt the most disconnected for me where he really felt like the background was a cgi map painting uh more than anything else and it does and especially whenever you're like breaking it down like this it, it feels almost comedic and, and convenient it's it's almost like it's one step below him like just stepping on like walking over the helmets of the the Hydra soldiers <laughs> <laughs> as he's swinging across on this chain. Oh, how much I would love to have seen that, though. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like James Bond jumping on the cro- uh, across the back of the crocodiles. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's really true. The the chain doesn't seem to swing right. Like it it's. Uh, it, it takes him up and over and down. Is it on rails? Like, is is he on some sort of a pulley system? It's a roller just, coaster rail that it's on. It really it's lifting is. Him up it feels like a roller coaster rail, <laughs> rail. And then when it comes down, like that, the the shot as it lands, as he lands back on the ground with the the blue splody beams behind him and all of the lights. I think the lights are generally cool, but it he feels like he's uh, like. Just not in that warehouse anymore. It's just Steve is not there. And uh, you can really, really tell as fast as he's running, he is not present with all of those other things. And and I, I struggle with that, too. This feels like uh, the B-moviest minute that we've come across yet. Yeah, it, it feels, uh, you know, the speed ramp feels weird to me as he's swinging on the cable. Like, I think it's amplified by the fact that all of those shots look so much more CG composite anyway and you know i mean i know we have a lot of issues with the pay for special effects artists so i don't want to put it on them uh i just feel like it, the the concept of, or like how they were trying to figure out how to put it all together to make it work some of these things just ended up not blending properly and the, you know probably they spent so much time and energy focusing on puny steve looking correct 
that by the time they got to this point in the film, they're probably like, you know what? As long as things are moving on screen, the audience will be with us and it's it'll be okay. But it does, it ends up feeling a little fakey fakey, most of this. Well, and is that the question? Like, do is it okay? Like, things are moving on screen. It's just one minute. Maybe it really is okay, and it's only an artifact of a movie by minute podcast that we're that we notice this stuff. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I noticed this in the theater <laughs> when I was watching this in 2011. You know, it just yeah. it ends up looking pretty fakey and hokey. I don't know, and it's 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 a fine line between was Joe Johnston trying to kind of make it look you know, a little separated from reality and a little comic booky. Was that the intention? Ooh, ooh, this, uh, I don't know. That feels a little over generous to me. Yeah. On this particular shot. Well, yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating, but I guess the point is what we're trying to show is Steve is using his, uh, you know, super soldier skills to take out Hydra troopers, his super strength, to leap up and over and swing on this chain and his super speed to run really fast and run after the Valkyrie as it's uh, taxiing down the runway. I, I guess, you know, in the scope of what we're meant to have here of a moment for our hero to be pursuing our villain and doing it with kind of that Captain America gung-ho attitude, I guess that's really what we're meant to get out of this, right? Well, that and there are some things he can't catch on foot. Yeah. Right. Like it's also kind of showing us a limitation. He might be better than every other human soldier in that in that facility, but he's not catching that plane. Yeah. Does it bother either of you that as he's running toward it? I mean, it seems like he just can't catch it, but I can't help but feel like those propellers should be also blowing him backward. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Right behind eight giant propellers. I don't know. Yeah, it probably should. It doesn't it didn't. Um, it doesn't bug me. Well, the, the propellers are just for show anyways. It, it's powered by <laughs> Tesseract energy. <laughs> right. He's exactly. not running behind the two the two engines. That's really funny. <laughs> there are propellers and there are also two engines. Like, what, what propels this thing really? <laughs> well, as we saw, uh, when he leaps up and grabs the chain, you can actually see Schmidt's coupe parked there. Now, I don't know why Schmidt has his coupe parked on the end of the airstrip, the inner mountain airstrip, whatever we're calling this thing. I, I don't know why it's parked here. But, well, like I said, that's that's how he got from the, the end because he went down to get his car and then he drove his car to the airstrip. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. God zooks! <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. There's so much stuff here. Um, that I for a minute because I mean when when Schmidt or, or when Steve leaps up and jumps onto the the chain, we see there are you know all sorts of trucks and there's a ton of gear and stuff up here. I thought I was like you know what this thing is huge. Maybe the intention was to put all of this stuff on the plane. Like maybe they were going to oh, take it and go land somewhere else. I don't know. That's a really interesting point. That maybe there was some sort of a camping trip or. Something exactly. they were planning for. Some sort of a of a team building exercise. <laughs> they were gonna go up to the lakes and do, do some, some trust falls. falls. <laughs> some trust falls and a ropes course. I'm sure there was a ropes course. And that's why this chain is here. Yeah. It's getting them ready the, for the ropes course. <laughs> one of those inflatable things that you put on the lake and you sit on and somebody jumps on it and launches you. Oh, they were going to have such fun. Were it not for Cap. Ruining all the fun. Ruining all the fun. Oh. It is it is a true tragedy. Alas. Alas. 
Um, all right. Well, nobody's shooting at Steve for some reason. Either that or he's just super fast. Everyone's just fighting and apparently getting overtaken because that, that coop that had essentially been right in the middle of the war, surrounded by a whole bunch of people fighting and vehicles and gear, uh, suddenly Phillips and Carter, who must have been just hot on Steve's tail, I don't know how fast they got here, but they obviously were right behind him and they grabbed this coop because now... They're pulling up to it, as as Pete, you alluded to the fact that Steve can't catch the plane, and he stops running, and lo and behold, Phillips pulls up next to him. Yeah. How does this play? Does Do, do, do you like the way that this uh, element of the scene plays here? Realistically, it might not make sense, but as as a movie watcher, it's, it's just so great. I, I just, it, whenever they pull up, it's just like, yes, it's like just that moment that's just it's just great seeing them come pull up in the in the schmidt mobile are you do you like the car oh it's it's a gorgeous car too and and it's something that's you know we've seen several times over the course of the movie it's that that's like the perfect one to 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 use in this moment even though it's it has the you know the hydra hood ornament I think the other thing about this from a character perspective is that this is the final sort of pinnacle moment of our time between the colonel and the captain, right? Like this is we've seen the we've seen their relationship change. and, And finally, as we talked about earlier in the week, how we now have the colonel following the captain, uh, leading him into the, you know, up the thousands and thousands of feet in altitude, uh, into the mountain battle. And now he literally is the enabler of the final action sequence, right? The colonel is. And I think that's really, I mean, that's great. And I, and it, it has kept Tommy Lee Jones in the movie to the bitter end, which is fantastic. Like he, he wasn't just a stunt cast. Like he actually had a role all the way through the final action sequence, which I'm here for. I think it was great. Uh, so to have him help and to have him so ably be able to drive this nonsense car is uh, is a, a real tour de force. Well, let's just say he looks more natural behind the wheel than Toby Jones did as Zola. Right. <laughs> right. That is true. That is Zola true. looked like he was being devoured by the car. He was so small. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, of course, Peggy's in the backseat looking uh, as lovely as ever. Uh, although I will say, once we get – there's a shot uh, – after Schmidt notices them in his rearview mirror, he sees the car coming up behind him. We get a shot as they're driving past him or driving past the camera. And the the shot looks a little funky. I mean, it, it's clearly a shot that's designed. Probably the car is just sitting there. If anything, maybe a couple grips are like moving it or something. Um, but largely, it just kind of moves past the camera. And Peggy, like her hair is blowing in the wind, but there's something about the way that she looks that just seems really unnatural, almost as if she was like CG'd in after the fact or something. And uh, as I was watching it, I'm like, did they shoot this without her and then realize they wanted her in it? And so just kind of added her into the backseat. (laughs) They forgot she was supposed to be there. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me, but when I see that shot, it starts at around 35 seconds into this minute. It just like, she just looks... A little funky the way that her yeah. face moves in there. I don't know. It's just me. I, I actually would argue that they all look funky, but hers <laughs> looks the most funky because it's not obscured by helmets. 
at all, right? Like uh, sure, Cap sure. and the Colonel have helmets on, and I feel like they they're artificial by design. She's artificial, uh, you know, largely by art, and I think that's the thing that strikes me. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like they, if there's a wind machine that's blowing her hair back, it's not going to affect them. Yeah, by by any stretch. So yeah. Yeah, that feels very much like an added shot, like because the rest of the shots when the car, you know, the rest of them are clearly, as you say, they're like (laughs) grip, grip handled. Uh, (laughs) And we have a lot of close ups of the actual machinery of the flames coming out of the pipes on the side and um, and and that nice sort of crash zoom right before Cap stands up on the seat. But those aren't CG shots like the backgrounds obviously are but that's really cap climbing around on a car that they're making look like it moves fast um but it doesn't look like any of the characters have been modeled in any way to me like it just looks like a backplate yeah um that they're against the other shot that looks a little funky but it's it's also probably digitally modified it's after colonel phillips pushes the the, the big red button with a big <laughs> a big red h on it God, i'm glad he knows what that means or, or a big red k on it sorry it's a k well it says gefahr nicht drucken underneath it which um, it means yeah. don't drive drunk <laughs> it means danger do not press <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which is really funny which i guess it's you know it's kind of one of those jokes that you see in like a looney tunes movie is what it feels like to me it's like don't yeah. push this button and then they push it and it's but like it's the rock. And then it feels like, the, you know, the Men in Black car, <laughs> which, you know, that's the Tommy yeah. Lee Jones, it, totally. the big red button in in his, uh, in uh, Agent K's car. Well, it's a big K <laughs> on the button. There it's you go. It's a big K on the button. It's all coming together. It's all coming yeah. together. That, But that shot, right after he pushes it, it just, it feels so digitally modified, like when it rockets them forward. <laughs> Just like, yeah, you know. I, I know. I I don't get a sense of it going faster. I mean, like, as a viewer, I know that it's it is going faster, but it doesn't feel like it's going faster as I watch it. It only feels faster because of the shot outside of it, like when we're on the the landing or the, on the airstrip, and you see the Valkyrie go overhead, and you see the thing like shooting like past us faster than the Valkyrie. That's the only shot that really tells me, oh, this thing is moving super fast now. And all their shoulders. Yeah, right. Yeah. And over their shoulders. <laughs> that that makes me think fast. The other thing is like when we get that long shot down this runway, we are so far away from where we started. Yes. How long is this thing? Like how, I mean, I, again, we're we're just you know jokingly saying that we're thirty five hundred feet up the mountain, but I feel like this like I feel like they've already gone several miles. I mean, the speeds <laughs> they're going, like I I don't understand. I just I I really don't okay. get it. Well, they remember a, that this, this is the forties, and fast <laughs> in the forties is not the same as fast in the two thousands. That's what it is. That's what it is. Because <laughs> fast was a lot slower back then. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay, I oh. I I have done the absolute bare minimum of research that I could possibly do. As in, I did one Google search, and that search was how wide is a mountain? And the answer <laughs> is mountain ranges usually stay between two point five and three miles high, and seventy five to one hundred fifty miles wide. So do that math. How wide would it be at near the top? And you'll know. 
What do you, I mean, it's probably several miles. It has to be several miles. I mean, it's this is a huge plane that needs to get the speed that for it to take off. And so I guess I guess what it is is like there's a base. Okay, so this is how I'm picturing it. At the base of this mountain, not this mountain where the plane is right now, but at the base of we'll just call it Hydra Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. It's like which mountain? And this is their escape from which mountain that they're doing right here. At the base of Hydra Mountain, we have the entrance and you go into the entrance and there's a lot of stuff on the ground floor and then there's like one little elevator that goes up to Schmidt's lab which is 4000 feet up. That's how high we are guessing his lab is to get that great view. Somewhere in between is a stopping point that has the the main part of the hangar where people actually do things. And then the rest of the base is essentially this miles-long airstrip that cuts through the mountains. I guess we'd have to go horizontally across the range, not like Mm -hmm. right out the front of the mountain, but across it. So we're cutting through that 75 to 100 miles of mountain range. And then where the Valkyrie pops out has to be like many miles down at the other end of the mountain range. I don't know much about math, (laughs) but I need I have to give you some important numbers. Oh, dear. Okay. so you told me that it was 540 (laughs) feet wide, 540 feet wide. So just just so you know, like the the width, the wingspan of a Boeing 747 is 195 feet. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know that. Well, we yeah, we talked about this when we first saw the Valkyrie. You might yes, not. Have, you, remember, might, you might have. Been, I wasn't there. Right. I wasn't there. So let me let me just. OK, let's do it. Get all this out of my face. The landing or the takeoff <laughs> distance of a Boeing 747 has been determined to be 10,450 feet. And so the uh, the runways for a 747 have to be 12,000 feet long. So, uh, you know. And how wide is the plane? 195 feet. Okay, so that's about 61 feet per foot of wingspan. So now 61 times 540 is 32,940 feet divided by 5280 is 6.23 miles. Okay, look at that. Math. That fits into 75 to 100 foot mountain range. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I think it's just a giant seven mile hole drilled laterally through a mountain range. Wow. Do you think they use Tesseract energy to do Drills? this? The Tesseract drill? The Tesseract drill. We haven't seen that yet. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. And and they've lit the whole thing, too. That's another important note. They've run electricity through the entire <laughs> yeah. entire thing. That's so many recessed light bulbs. And a lot of lights. They could have just they could have just had a few a few lights here and there. But no, they have lights running through the entire thing. I like to think that there are a few Hydra agents whose job is to perpetually like walk through the entirety of the the uh, airstrip just to make sure that like birds haven't flown in and are roosting on it and like make sure, you know, they're sweeping up all the the bat guano piles that are they're building up, trying to keep it clean so that the the uh, it doesn't cause problems when the Valkyrie takes off. Well, they, they just have like the little wooden owls to, to scare off the birds. <laughs> right. Of course, Hydra would have thought of that. They would all be branded, however, with a little Hydra <laughs> logo on them. Everything's logoed. Uh, yeah, as we've seen, they love putting that logo on everything. 
Um, all right. Well, we're getting to this point in this minute where uh, they're getting closer and closer to the Valkyrie because they pushed the do not push button on the on Schmidt's coop, and now it is rocketing toward it. And this is where Captain America is getting ready to jump off of it heroically onto the plane. You've got a, a serious uh, Colonel Phillips at the wheel and Peggy as Steve is about to jump off. She tells him to wait. And that's where a minute ends. What is she going to say? We won't know until next time. Never know. No, we will know. It'll just be next time. <laughs> She's going to say, wait, I, I need to tell you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with another minute. In the meantime, Nate, thank you so much. And uh, tell everybody about where they can find what you're up to on the internets. Sure. Well, I, I have a bunch of different projects and I have one more that I haven't talked about. Uh, I do another podcast, uh, which is currently comes out every other Friday and it's a, uh, a musical a music comedy podcast called Lyrical Innuendo. Uh, me and a co-host, uh, take a song and we basically dig into the lyrics and see if there's any hidden meaning in the, in them. Uh, most of the time we cover songs that have some sort of sexual hidden meaning to them. Uh, we also do, you know, uh, like, uh, drug references. Um, and we also do, you know, things outside of that. Uh, we try to do it in a funny way. Uh, and, and that's a lot of fun. It's, it's very short. Um, and we cover a lot of different, um, you know, musical genres, uh, popular ones, um, lesser known ones too. Have you found some fun ones, like some surprising ones? Um, well, honestly, my, I think one of my favorite ones, it's, which is one that, you know, I kind of came up with a, you know, a really far out there interpretation, uh, is Cakes the Distance. And, uh, <laughs> and like i i kind of dying I, to know at this point <laughs> this is going um i mean if, if you want to know it's you, you have to listen to the episode like i I, <laughs> I can't remember exactly where i went but i i know that's that's one of my favorite episodes that's that we've done because i i just kind of came up with this this whole story that fit really well with the lyrics. And it was something that my co-host like just blew his mind. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I could kind of see it that way. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Awesome. That is too funny. Well, check that out along with everything else that Nate's putting out there, everybody. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes and uh, we'll be back tomorrow for minute 100, the big 100 hitting the three digits. Uh, so Pete, thanks as always. I have to, I have to say something tomorrow. I'm going to be in a dark place. Okay. That's all. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I just want to set it up. I'm going to be in a very dark place. Well, with mm -hmm. that, until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.